Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will preview the upcoming games for this weekend, we'll head on down to my best bets, then I'll wrap up with the news you need to know, all coming up on this week's episode of the Conference Championship Preview. We'll start off with the first matchup on Sunday, the Chiefs at the Ravens. Kansas City comes into this game as underdogs, not just in Vegas, but seemingly in the hearts of most football fans and talking heads around the country. I haven't felt like the Chiefs were such dark horses since Mahomes and Brady played in that epic playoff game. And as you know, as a Broncos fan, I'm kind of enjoying this whole thing. And as I sit here and try to analyze how these units match up against each other, I don't see a lot of advantages for the Chiefs. Take the Chiefs offense versus the Ravens defense for example first. Looking at their pass protection against Baltimore's pass rush, I don't like the fact that Tooney is doubtful and Justin Matabike is on fire. Advantage, Ravens. Chiefs pass catchers against Baltimore's pass coverage. Kelsey on Geno Stone should be interesting, but I have to say advantage Ravens here as well. Chiefs rushing attack against the rush-stopping unit of Baltimore. Again, advantage Ravens. I like Isaiah Pacheco, but he's questionable, and even at full strength, I think he'd struggle against this linebacking core. Then we have Mahomes against the defense as a whole, and here I'd say advantage Chiefs. Mahomes is the wild card. And no, I'm not breaking any news here. It's obvious that if the Chiefs are going to win this game, Mahomes is going to have to bring out all his crazy bag of tricks. And for this reason, the Chiefs will always have a chance in any game. As for the Ravens offense against the Chiefs defense, we have similar results here also. Baltimore's pass protection against the pass rush of the Chiefs has to go to yet again the Ravens. Chris Jones is dangerous, but I'm not too worried about the edge rushers here. They'll need to simulate pressure by bringing extra guys like Spags is known to do. Typically, it's not a great idea to blitz Lamar Jackson. Although there was that random-ass Thursday night game a couple years ago where Brian Flores and the Dolphins called a zero blitz the whole game and destroyed them. So maybe Spags can channel that somehow. As for Baltimore's pass catchers against the pass coverage of the Chiefs goes, I'd have to say advantage Ravens. Mark Andrews should play this game, and I don't like this matchup over the middle at all especially with Isaiah Likely playing as well as he did in Mark's absence. The Chiefs' run-stopping unit against the rushing unit of the Ravens is also going to be an uphill battle. Justice Hill is quietly becoming extremely reliable, and Lamar Jackson is just ridiculous when he decides to scramble. I have a hard time imagining Kansas City being the ones to finally bottle him up. Overall, the Ravens have far too many advantages all over the field in this game, and for that reason, I think Kansas City will get destroyed. Baltimore has been a Super Bowl-bound team this entire season, and I don't see their journey ending here. Ravens win big at home. Moving on, we have a matchup that's a little more evenly matched. The Lions at the Niners. This is going to be the game that tugs on the old heartstrings a little more, as I really enjoy watching both of these teams. As a Denver fan, the Niners are typically the team I'll root for in the NFC, just because all of the connections they have to my city. But I find it sort of difficult to pull for them in this one. Detroit's journey is literally record-breaking, and seeing that city celebrate going to the Super Bowl would bring a lot of joy into this world. However, Christian McCaffrey grew up close to me and is my favorite player in the league currently. I'd love for him to advance to the next round. I truly am divided. Either way, this should be a great game as we have exciting matchups all over the field. The Lions' offensive line comes into this game really banged up. Jonah Jackson on the interior is doubtful. And Frank Ragnow is questionable with the old classic toe, ankle, knee, 
and back injury. Poor dude is beat up, and if he plays, we'll have an extremely difficult matchup against Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave in the middle. Clear advantage for the Niners pass rush here. As for the receiving game for Detroit, I think they have a slight advantage here, but they will need to be careful targeting Sam Laporta or anyone over the middle against Dre Greenlaw. He's great at recognizing plays and jumping routes, and he came away with two picks against the Packers last week. Goff needs to be careful here. On the ground, I believe the Lions also have a slight advantage. The running game is their jam, and the Niners haven't been tested in that aspect too often this year, and when they did, they struggled. I point to the Browns game earlier this year as an example. Gibbs and Montgomery always seem to combine for at least 100 yards and one score. Unless the Niners pour it on early, I see no reason for this to not be the case here as well. Overall, this Lions offense matches up nicely against this defense of the Niners and should be able to put up points. On the flip side though, I also feel the same way about the Niners offense against this fairly middling defense of the Lions. Although Aiden Hutchinson is a monster at times, and his matchup against Colton McKivitz should be fun to watch, I don't necessarily like their odds as a unit against this offensive line as a whole. I don't think they'll be able to pressure Purdy too often, and Purdy with time and weapons is extremely dangerous. Last game, this unit was a little disappointing to say the least, but they should get Debo Samuel back for this game, which doesn't hurt. Himself, alongside Brandon Ayuk on the outside, have favorable matchups on these corners. I expect all their pass catchers to be productive in this one. On the ground, the advantage has to go to the Niners as well. Detroit's linebackers will have split duties against George Kittle as well, and CMC is a player that requires a defender's full attention. Last week, Derek Barnes and this unit were unsung heroes, but this week I feel they could struggle. Overall, I think the 49ers are the better team on paper, but the Lions are the better story. If they can somehow turn this into an advantage on the field, they can come away with this game. My heart is pulling for Detroit, and my mind is pulling for San Francisco. Ultimately, I think the Niners win this game, but the Lions keep it close and cover the spread. And that'll do it for the preview portion of today's show. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now we'll head on down to my best bets. For my straight five bets, I went with Mark Andrews, Justice Hill, Noah Gray, and Sam Laporta to all score, and Christian McCaffrey to score twice. For my parlay bets, I've decided to go with three. Two three-leg parlays, and one two-leg parlay for the outcomes of these games. For the first parlay, I have Lamar Jackson to score on the ground as the first leg, and Isaiah Pacheco and David Montgomery to score as legs two and three. For the second parlay, I have Travis Kelsey, Zay Flowers, and Amon Ross St. Brown to all score. For the last parlay, I have the Ravens to cover the spread of 3.5 points, and the Lions to cover their spread of 7.5 points. Now this is the last weekend for decent parlay odds, so hopefully we can nail at least one of these. I did well during the season, but I have a big fat goose egg so far in the postseason. I feel it's time for that to change. Moving on to the news you need to know, there's been a fair amount of coaching moves this week, as Vic Fangio and Miami have parted ways. Fangio now heads up to Philly to join Nick Sirianni as his new DC. Vic is one of the best defensive minds in the league, and this no doubt should help that side of the ball. Elsewhere on the East Coast, the Panthers have hired ex-rival Dave Canales as their new head coach. He did well in Tampa as the OC, 
and should at least bring some fresh ideas to a team that definitely needed something new. Sticking to the same area, Billy B did not get a third date out in Atlanta, as they've decided to hire Rams DC Raheem Morris as the Falcons' new head coach instead. People say he's grown a lot since his time in Tampa all those years ago, but I'm no expert in this department, obviously, so who knows. I'm glad he finally got another opportunity, and I hope he does better this time around. As for Bill, it's starting to look like there's a real chance that he's not going to be coaching next year. Maybe he'll take a year off to regather himself and enter the fray the following season. Either way, he's too close to the all-time wins record to pack it in forever. Moving on to the AFC, the Bengals have promoted quarterbacks coach Dan Pitcher to fill the hole left by Brian Callahan when he left for Tennessee. I know nothing about this man, so I won't even speculate here. He has some fun pieces to work with, and I wish him luck. On to a place where luck is king, the Raiders have decided to throw ex-charger Tom Telesco into the mix as their new GM. I honestly don't think he should have lost the job in LA. All the early morning talking heads talk about what a great roster this is and has been. I'm not a football super genius, but I'm pretty sure that's literally the GM's main role. Bring in talent. I believe he did a good job and will continue to do so for a team I despise. Speaking of the Chargers, they decided to hire Jim Harbaugh and the AFC West just got even crazier. Three of the four coaches in this division are proven winners. We now have Reed in KC, Jim in LA, and Sean Payton with my Broncos. Things are going to be wild next year. Jim may rub people the wrong way, but he's proven multiple times that he can take a team from 0-60 to 60 faster than a lot of coaches. It's been roughly a decade since his stint with the Niners the last time around, and the game has changed quite a bit since then. I am curious to see what he does with that roster. Hopefully not as much as my Broncos. And with that said, that'll do it for today's episode. I will return on Tuesday, as usual, to recap it all. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you next time.